how much thought should go into book cover selection when it comes to marketing. Today's guest shares five aspects we need to be clear on to have successful sales. Stick around. Your best writing life begins right now. Welcome to Your Best Writing Life, an extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference held in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week I bring tips and strategies from writing and publishing industry experts to help you excel in your craft. I am so glad that you're listening in. During this episode, you'll learn how to market your book with the cover. Today's guest is Samantha Evans. Sam's book, Love Letters to Miscarriage Moms, won second place in the Golden Scrolls Award for 2023. She and her husband live in Simpsonville, South Carolina. Their cross-country move included two vehicles, three daughters, two cats named Pitter and Patter, and their husky. And Sam was completely overruled in her campaign to name the dog Onomatopoeia. <laughs> Sam Evans, <laughs> welcome to Your Best Writing Life. It is so good to have you here. Oh, thanks, Linda. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. I tell you, we're going we're gonna to have some fun today, and we're really <laughs> going to concentrate in the area of book covers. I like that we're bringing this up, and I know that you have experienced a lot over the past few years, especially dealing with your own book that's out, Love Letters to Miscarriage Moms. So you're bringing wisdom, that's correct. and we are looking forward to what you've got to give us. So we're going to be looking at five aspects of book covers and why they're okay. important. You start off and you say that our title is our first hook. So what do we need to know? So it's the first thing that people need to read. Um, and it can't be too long. It can't be too short. It has to say what you what your book is about. And it has to be legible as people are shopping for it. It's There's a lot of thought that goes into the title of a book. And you would think, oh man, it's just you know, just is going to tell a little bit about my story, but it also has to match the book cover and it has to match the theme of the book. So there's a lot that goes into that. Um, you know, is your title short enough for a lazy shopper to read? Is the title catchy enough to provoke questions? Is your title SEO friendly, search engine optimization friendly? Um, so with my book, Love Letters to Miscarriage Moms, the first version was love letters to miscarried moms. And it's incredible how many more hits the word miscarriage gets than the word miscarried. And so by changing one word in the title, it made my SEO searches that much better, like exponentially better. And I like that you're referencing the shopper, right? Because when, yes. when people are looking at books, they're shopping. They shop on Amazon, they shop in a, in a bookstore, they're shopping. And we don't have to hem-haw with the title. Sometimes we get real cutesy and we think cutesy sells, but the shopper really wants to know what is the book about? And so we could do that with the title and with the subtitle. So we can have that catchy little thing, but then the subtitle 
is really going to draw them in as well. And looking at your book, boy, this is this is an area which I fall in line with who mm. your book is geared to. I'm a miscarriage mm. mom too. And I'm like, wow, love letters to me. That really yes. prompts me to go, I want to know more. I want to know more. I like that. So you say to us that it's going to have to tell the shopper what the book's about. It's got to be short enough for a lazy shopper to read. <laughs> <laughs> Then catchy enough to provoke questions, which I just said that love letters. Okay, what is what does that look like? I want to know more, right? And then right. being aware of the SEO. And folks, if you're not familiar with SEO, you need to get familiar with it because that's what helps all of the crawlers find you. It helps others as they're typing in their questions to know that what you're offering them in your book, in your blog, in your articles, all of that is going to meet the need that they have. That's the first thing. Title, first hook, mm -hmm. we've got it. Now, next, you say that we need to think in terms of thumbnails. Help us out here. All right. So when we're shopping on Amazon, first of all, Amazon, and I'm going to get into color a little bit later, but Amazon has a white background. And so if you choose a cover that's white, it's going to blend in. It's not going to stand out on Amazon. So when you're thinking about shopping in terms of thumbnails or selling your book in terms of in terms of thumbnails, you need to think about what that background color is and how it's going to match. You also need to think in terms of can my shopper see my title when it's only a thumbnail? Is the title big enough on the book to to be read and short enough that they're going to, Oh, okay. You know, ask those same questions that you're talking about. Um, and then the, just the positioning of, of the words, is it catching eyes? Is it, is it something that a shopper is going to want to click on when they see it? And looking at also font selection, if you yes. can't read it, you're going to walk away from it. And maybe we think, well, Oh, that's just common sense. It's not. There's a lot of people that like curly Q font and they think that it mm -hmm. goes with the feel of the book. But when you shrink it down and you're looking at that cover, if you have to kind of squint your eyes and go, what, what is that, that word? Yeah. What does that yeah. say? And you look over to the right and you go, oh, well, the title is this. All right. So I, I have the title that's there, but truly clarity is huge. And right. because if so, they're asking what the title is, then they're already looking at a different title that they can read more easily. Okay. Okay. So that's good. So, and I know that you tell us we need to go out on Amazon or in bookstores and check out the genre that we're writing in, right? And seeing what those right. covers look like. Absolutely. So I actually made a mistake with, with my back cover and it was something that I was debating, are there too many words on the back? And so that was that was playing in the back of my head as I showed people my cover. And I remember at Blue Ridge, Linda, you looked at my book and you liked the front cover and you flipped it over and you flipped it right back to the front cover. You did not linger on the back cover. You didn't say anything mean at all about the back cover. 
but you didn't read it either. And I think it's because there were too many words. So um, the typical word count for the back cover is 75 to 100 words. And you think, oh my gosh, well, there's so much more space than that. Well, you get to fill that space with you know, a five-word hook or a photo. If you can leave room for the award that you're going to win for your books, you can put a seal there. You can leave room for the photo of the author and the um, your author bio, which should also be no more than 100 words because you want people to read the words. You don't want to have all of the words. That's what the book is for. That's right. And what they're going to find on the back is a simplified version of what's pertinent to the reader, why they want to pause, why then they want to go and open it up. And you'll have a fuller bio inside the book. They can find that when they're flipping through the pages once they have purchased it. But what we want them to do is to take a look, be drawn in, flip it over, take a look at the back and take a look at it and go, okay, this gives me pertinent information just enough that I know I want to read more. And as mm-hmm, you said, exactly. bullet points on the back, give it some white space, give it where the eyes can focus in a particular area and not be overcrowded with way too many words. So word choice, excellent photo, mm-hmm. excellent. And giving them just enough so that they know this is, yeah, this is for me. And so, and here's one thing that Vincent Davis taught me that most people would never think of, but it's brilliant. You can put a QR code on your back cover and that QR code can be for your, your social media um, platforms like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, or it can be a newsletter or it can be for your website and you can direct people to your website to learn more about your book. So that QR code could be whatever you want. Your re- if someone is more interested in your book and they want to learn more, what do you want to give them through that QR code? And you can direct them with that. Absolutely. Utilize the QR codes, folks. They're so Mm -hmm. very, very good. Very good. All right. Now let's move to the book cover colors. And all right. (laughs) Color matters. All right. So share what matters. Yeah. Share what you found to be true. All right. So I was in this art history class when I was a freshman in college. And my professor said, I want you to point out the people in this room that stand out to you the most. And the people that everyone in the room pointed to were all wearing red sweaters or red jackets. And I'll never forget that lesson. I was one of the people wearing a red sweater that day. I was like, why is everyone pointing at me? But the professor pointed out that primary colors stand out to us more than any other color. So you think of cars driving on the highway and you see a red, a yellow or blue car those are going to stand out to you more. Primary colors just stand out. And now we don't necessarily want our books to look like a kindergarten classroom. However, there are shades of red and blue and yellow that we can play into our book design that would fit with our branding colors or the theme of the book or the the feel, the the feel that you want people to have when they're picking up the book. So try to incorporate primary colors as often as possible. I'm going to jump in here real quick with my linked, the quick guide to personality series. 
co-authored okay. with my good friend, Linda Gilden. They're all in primary colors. And the reason mm. that they are is the links that we utilize for the personalities are primary colors. You've got the yellow and the red and the green and the blue. And so then what we did with the first book in the series, it had the white book with the primary links on the cover. Nice. The font was a different one of the primary colors. And then the second book was the blue with the primary links on it and the font a different color. I think that one had the white font on it, very clear, legible. Then the third mm -hmm. book was the one for parents, and it was a green book. The fourth book was one for couples. It was a red book. So we utilized all the colors in the yes. links, which all happen to be primary. And when the leader book comes out, I think we're going to find a way for it to be kind of a goldish yellow and mm -hmm. use that as well. That worked for us because part of our design and our registered logo and is okay. in primary color. So yeah, it, it stands out a lot that way. I'm right there to concur with you, but not every book should look like a primary reader. I'm with Correct. you as well. Good. Right. All right. So Love Letters to Miscarriage Moms is blue and pink. So we keep like the baby colors because that is synonymous with miscarriage. And we were using primary colors, but they're muted. They're, mm -hmm. they're not quite, you know, it's, it's, it's a sky blue and it's pink. It's not, you know, fire engine red. Right. So those colors are still going to stand out more than white or gray or even orange or a salmon color. It's, um, because they're playing off one another. So, okay. Okay, good. And you say that the, you know, we know that Amazon's background is white, so it's going to help, help pop. So that makes Correct. it work. All right. Now what about yes. the colors matching the mood of your book? If you're writing a book about a girl who vanishes with the wind, then a smoky white cover might be best despite Amazon's backdrop. Mm. So sometimes the mood of the book is more important. You have to figure out what your priority is with your book and what you're trying to convey. All right, good. So we're looking at the colors and that they match the mood, keeping in mind mm -hmm. that Amazon's background is white and knowing that primary colors or a version of primary colors can work the best on, on our book cover. Very good. All right, Sam, you say next we need to be sure and clear away the clutter. And you're talking about here, maybe the image that we utilize in our covers and the word count. Take us here. All right. So we've all heard that a picture is worth a thousand words. This is very true with our book cover. And we have an opportunity here for the photo or the images on the book cover to say something and the title to say something different. So. If our book is about um, child development, but our title says something about child development, maybe we want to use our book cover to, dis to display a different aspect of child development. 
Um, you don't want to just have a child standing there, but what are you trying to convey in your book? What do you want people to know? And so you have an opportunity to use the cover to say one thing and the title to say something different. And I think a lot of times we try, okay, we, I need to have this, this image and this image and this image so everyone knows what the book is about, or I have to use all these words. The book is for the words. The book is where people are going to learn what you want to tell them. So we just want to give them enough to be curious and, and want to open that cover. And so if you have too many words or too many visuals on the front of your book, it's going to be distracting the way that my back cover was for some people. It'll be distracting and they're not going to want to look into it further. They're going to choose a different icon on Amazon or a different book on the shelf that might be uh, better to what they're suited for. Yeah. And that didn't come out has, right. But. No, but it has the less clutter. I, I know what mm -hmm. you're saying because you know, what our eyes perceive are can clutter our mind or it can give clarity. I know that your cover and you talk about this a little bit, go with the title and then what your subtitle is. And then also what the image that you have on your book. Oh, sure. Okay. So my title is Love Letters to Miscarriage Moms. The series title is You Are Not Alone. And so some people actually think the title of the book is You Are Not Alone, which is fine with me. Uh, but that's what I'm trying to convey in this book, this Love Letters to Miscarriage Moms. There are all these other people in this book. I have input from over 40 moms and dads. And um, there's a letter at the end of each chapter. So these parents are sharing their hearts with other parents of loss. And so the title conveys what I want people to know. You are not alone. We have letters in here. You're not alone. We love you. And then the image on the cover is a balloon. Like a lot of times when you're doing a remembrance for infant loss, you'll release balloons or lanterns. And so it's symbolic of that, but there's also feet, a parent holding baby feet in the balloon. And the image invokes hope and healing. And so all these different parts of the cover are working together to tell the shopper, hey, you're not alone. We know how you feel. And we want to help you release your wound. We want to help you heal. We want to help you move on with hope and healing. Mm, and that's good. As you said, a picture is worth a thousand words. And we don't need that many words on the cover. So we're going to use the picture and that prompts us with our emotions, with our feelings, and it really does allow the shopper to bring in their own thoughts based on the image that we provide. Mm. All right. So we've covered the title is the first hook. We need to be looking at that SEO. Is it what someone is going to search for the most? Compare the words that we're using. Then we're looking at thumbnails and the size matters and the clarity matters. And that's very, very important. Then we, we go to the color does as well. And different hues of primary colors can be very beneficial in a book cover. And knowing that if there might be times when we're going to use the smoky color, even though on Amazon, Amazon has a white background, we can have a smoky colored cover if it fits the mood and the priority of the book. 
So is it going to convey the feelings that you need it to convey? Then you've just told us, make sure that you utilize the image. You're not saying the same thing with the title and the subtitle. It's giving an all complete visual and feeling of what they're going to receive when they dive into the book. Beautiful. Now with the last one, you say, finally, what we've got to do is look at the comparison of a shopper versus a reader. Take us there. Mm -hmm. Well, a reader is going home with your book. A reader is someone who's shopped your book and chosen to purchase it. So we think of our target market, not only are we targeting a specific group of people, but we also have to get them to choose our book instead of the others. So how are we going to do that? Well, you need to know who your audience is. And my favorite example of this, I think, is Guardians of the Galaxy using the mixed cassette tapes because it's such an iconic image. And they knew that their target audience was was my age group basically. And, and we did mixtapes when I was in like seventh grade in high school, that was the big thing. And so you see this image of a mixtape and you're like, that's the one, that's the one I want because I totally remember it. It's nostalgic. It makes me go back to my childhood and this happy you know, time and stuff. So you need to know who your target audience is and you need to appeal to them with your cover. Right. And we do. We make snap decisions. If we're looking we for something, we want the cover to speak to us. We want it to say, hey, I'm a fit for what you're looking for. And because there is high competition out there, I mean, seriously, look at the number mm-hmm. of books in your own genre, search the content. No one has an original thought. And so there's going to be something on multiple choices on the concept that you're writing on. Look at the competition. What is it in their cover that you want to stay away from that draws you in? How can you tweak yours to meet the the draw of the high profile covers Now, you're not going through and copying it and making their cover your cover. We don't do that. But look at what works and go with that. You You know, there are times, Sam, and I think especially as indie authors, independent authors who go in and they have this idea, but I want this cover. I want the cover that has my grandbaby on it, walking through the field with a something. And it's not high def, so it's not Mm. clear, but it's an emotion that is moving the author. And there's times we have to kind of reel in our own emotions and go to someone who knows and say, what is my audience looking for? What is drawing them in today? And that's what we want to go with because no matter what I'm thinking or I'm feeling, I'm one individual. Now, even if my avatar or my audience is me, I have to think (laughs) out of my own box, right? And I have to go, all right, there's more personalities than mine out there that would benefit from this book. 
what is going to draw them in? What is going to help them understand, ah, this is good. Here's a, here's an example, an example of mine. The first Bible study that I've written is based on the book of James and it's called loving the me God sees. And when I first put it out years ago, I was looking for cover ideas and a lot of people were like, oh, use hearts. Women love hearts. So mm. use a heart. Heart's going to be great. Use flowers. And yes. And I'm like going, I'm not a heart person. That's not how I speak. It's not how I write. Yeah. Hearts aren't going right. to work for me. Right. And, and does that have to do with James? We, you know, not I, necessarily. Well, I mean, well, so. James, I consider James a love letter to mm-hmm. us, right? And well, right. I went to the, I went to the young man that was helping me with all of my video and audio work and he was a 20 something and he was in my studio out front and I came in and I guess he saw that I was experiencing a quandary and he said, <laughs> uh, Ms. Goldfarb, what's going on? I said, I'm looking for a cover and you know, everyone's saying, oh, heart, da, 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 da. <laughs> and he said, okay, well, what is this particular book? And I told him. I said, it's on relational transparency. And I said, you know, it truly is. You're going through and you're having to go through the layers of yuck and mm. some's going to make you cry and some's going to be heart wrenching and then some's going to be sweet and all of this. And he goes, you need to put an onion on the front. And I said, what? He goes, <laughs> an onion peeling the layers back. Mm. And I was like, wow, because with an onion, there's the, all those different places, right? The, the sometimes stinky places. And sometimes depending on if it's an a Vidalia, then that's a sweet, it's the center Mm -hmm. is sweet. And I really liked what he said. So I started looking and we discovered a beautiful red onion and for icons for the inside, it was a red onion in the shape of a heart cut in slices. And it worked. And I would tell you, putting it out there and people that would choose it, and I would ask them, why did you grab that? They said the cover. Because I needed to find out what in the world. (laughs) there was an onion Yeah, what is this going to do? And there were some people that said, no, the cover scared me because I didn't want to go there. And I thought, there's some people that aren't ready to go there yet. But those Mm. who are, it's going to draw them in. So... I'm it I'm right there emotion. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the word onion is not anywhere in the book of James. No. Not mm. that I know of, right? No. So it's not. And and that's so it okay. It doesn't have to be exact. Yeah, exactly. No. No, no, no. Because it's on relational transparency. An onion is transparent. And yes. relationships have layers. Perfect. The picture does prompt the content. And so it works. And I'm I like in the it. middle of I'm in the middle of doing revisions on that one. So yeah, I'll be real excited when that when that comes out. Well, you have given nice. us a lot. You really have. And I greatly appreciate the focus on the cover and how we can make ours the best to get the results mm. that we want. And I know that you have a listener giveaway for all of us, and you have something that's already started in November. And tell us what that is. 
I do. So I have been doing a lot of grief work lately, writing about miscarriage. I'm writing about my late husband's battle with addiction, and I needed a break from that. So I stepped back into a fantasy fiction series that I've been writing, and I was like, you know what? This is really fun, and I want to share this with people. So I am doing a chapter-by-chapter weekly reveal of my Athenian Chronicles series. It's basically um, six siblings who are separated by a portal between worlds, and some of them have lost their memories. And so the main character in this first book has to uh, battle an enemy she doesn't know exists. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm looking forward to being able to share that with people um, just chapter by chapter. All you have to do is sign up for my newsletter and it'll come straight to your inbox. Oh, that's beautiful. Now, what about those, if you're listening and you're well into November, or maybe now you're into December, do we have something for them? We have something. So you just stay connected to me, stay connected to Linda, and we are going to give you a PDF of multiple chapters, a one-time release. And so if you are like, man, I want to know what happened in chapters one, two, and three, don't worry about that. Just stay connected to Linda and she will hook you up with the right link. That's right. So we'll have PDF that you'll be able to utilize. It's all going to be good. All going to be good. And folks, we do have links in the show notes always. And we do have one that is to love letters to miscarriage moms. You are not alone. I highly mm-hmm. recommend the book. Take a look at it. It's, this is something, as Sam mentioned, it's healing. And it's from multiple families that have walked the path. And so the love letters that are in there are very, very powerful. And we also have where you can find Sam everywhere on the web, Twitter, Author Central, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of that. And we have a link that's going to take you to every single one of these. Ah, Always good Mm. to connect our guests with our listeners. Uh, We just... Yeah, we like it when we come together as a family here. It's always a good thing. Sam Evans, it is so good to have you here with us. Thank you so much. I love talking with you, Linda. I could do a podcast with you every day. I just love our conversations. (laughs) And that's what we have, folks. We do. We have conversations. And it's helping you to experience your best writing life every single week. We thank you so much, friends, for joining us. Please take a moment, if you you would to yeah thank you so much sam and y'all just take a moment and share this podcast with another writer or two give us a star rating post an episode review hit the subscribe button that way you will never miss an episode i greatly appreciate what you have to say about your best writing life and i greatly greatly appreciate what you have to write for the kingdom This is Linda Goldfarb, and I look forward to being here with you next time on Your Best Writing Life.